My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is the Technically Speaking Podcast. I sit down with BIPOC designers, entrepreneurs, and technologists. We discuss careers, triumphs, their resilience, and the why behind their decisions. Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to plug our Patreon. If you like what you're listening to and you want to support the podcast, for as low as $3, you can contribute monthly to help support the production of the show. You can contribute today by heading over to patreon.com slash technically speaking HW. I'll also include the link in the show notes. My guest today is Mindy Duong, who is a UX design veteran. She's been in the game for quite some time. She's currently at East West Bank, but is passionate about many other things that we'll get into in today's episode. How are you doing? I'm great, Harrison. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about the warm heat wave that's about to come through. I'm in the right. Bay. You're, you're in Southern California. Right. I like the more mild temperatures, you know, where I'm at. It's pretty. That's why you're in the Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty chill. Wake up every morning, kind of do a cloudy sort of sky, get some wind off the Bay, put mm-hmm. that nice hoodie on. How do you like things? Are you are you all about oh, like the I'm heat? The no, I do not like the heat. <laughs> I mean, I think some sunshine is good for the soul and vitamin D, but yeah. I think too much heat is just. You're you're just stuck inside. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do much. So I, yeah. I like it at a normal temperature. Sure. Yeah. But to be honest, I love the rain. Oh and yeah. A lot of the rain. But I love the pitter patter of the rain. So yeah. I think I'm more of the cold weather person. Sure. So I like the east side with the snow and everything. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm here and it gets hot. It has been getting hot a lot lately. Yeah. But the weather's really odd. Yeah. Like it, there's a day of like heat and then all of a sudden it starts raining the next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. To well to say there's no climate change and global warming. What's that all about? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be great if you gave the listeners uh, just a, a brief introduction about yourself so we can get to know you. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, like Harrison said, I've the word veteran makes me feel very old, but <laughs> I have been in the web world for over 15 plus years. And I always say 15 plus, but it's it's probably more like 20. (laughs) But I don't want to say 20 because, you know. Anyway, so yeah, 15 plus years in the web world doing everything from design, engineering, marketing campaigns, customer communications and engagement. Like I've literally done, I can say almost everything that has to do with the web Mm -hmm. and every role. And I think I'm very lucky in that sense because I have the design background, but I also have the engineering background. So there's, I use both sides of my brain and that's why it's easy for me to jump from different roles or doing, wearing multiple hats. So That's what I've been doing for the past 15 plus years. But currently I am the VP of design and UX development at East West Bank. But I've always also been in other various industries like high fashion or telecom. And yeah, so other than that, I'm also an entrepreneur. So there was a a time in my career about five, six years where I owned my own company. And so 
basically, as you can tell, I do a lot. I do yeah. various things. I love to try new things. And yeah. that's why I used to freelance too. And I was a wedding photographer. So I do a lot. Yeah. In fact, all those skills help me to be where I am, I have to say. Like, mm -hmm. for example, photography, that's not my core job at East West Bank, but right. I do use that skill is needed. Like, for example, some of my photography work you can find in our annual report, our website, mm -hmm. some print materials, things like that. So yeah. I think all in all, that's my career. That's my work life. And in my personal life, I have a lot of passions. And one of which is I am a big supporter of women in technology. And I've always been that way. So I've always been trying to figure out how to give back to the community, mm -hmm. how to help the younger generation, especially yeah. women to get into tech. Because I think I used to have that one woman in the room syndrome. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, you know, helping promote technology and explaining and sharing my own personal career or my experiences will help inspire the younger generation of women to get into tech. And so that's why I joined the board of this nonprofit called Advancing Women in Technology this year. And, and we're doing some great, amazing things that I would love to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of goodness in that, that we'll, we'll get into later in the show, but before we get into it, I want to start off with a uh -huh. few icebreakers <laughs> and they're going to be pretty random potentially, Okay, Shoot. you know, for <laughs> me, I personally love karaoke. I don't know oh if you're into it. Are okay. you into it? Let me just tell you, I have a lot uh -oh. of stories. I have stories for everything. Okay. Okay. There we go. I Let's be a wedding singer. Oh, what? <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Okay, yeah, let's go. So let's you get know the, star, the, the movie Adam Sandler. So that was me. <laughs> and I used to do that on the weekends for about 10 years. Wow. Uh, but it was mostly in my community, the Asian sure. community. And I sure. don't know if you've ever been to a Chinese or Vietnamese type of wedding. Okay. But it's usually at a seafood restaurant and there's like 500 people there right they're all there yeah. for the food and then you have a stage and you have like a band on the stage okay but for me i don't sing with a band i sing with a karaoke machine oh so, oh, so one woman cheaper. show so it's actually cheaper than hiring a band sure. for the couple so this yeah. that's why it was really popular back in the day okay so that's and it was great for me. Be and I got hired a lot just because I can sing in four different different languages. Oh, my gosh. So, like what, what languages? A, so it's, of course, English. Yeah. And yeah. I can sing in Mandarin, Cantonese and Vietnamese. Wow. Yeah. And then there's some songs where I just I sing both in like two languages. <laughs> so it's really interesting. They find it entertaining. And yeah. then I got into like actually emceeing the whole wedding ceremony and things like that. Wow. So yeah, and that's how I got into wedding photography, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's like it, it's all packaged in a nice bowl, you know. Was there, was it, wait, mm -hmm. so, so was there an instance where you were doing the wedding photography and singing? No, 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 no. Oh. I, I, that, you, that's impossible. Can you imagine yes, how? I hire, you know, someone to do the photography part. Yeah. And then I just do the rest um, in terms of emceeing or singing and things like that. Yeah. I have wow. emceed and sang. That was a lot of work. <laughs> it's like Mindy's turnkey wedding services. Yes. You know, actually, so my entrepreneur like mindset at that time, I was like, you know, I can package this, right? Yeah. I, 
We could have the whole entertainment part. We could have the photography part and like, and we could do this whole package. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, in terms of my, because of my graphic and design background, I wanted mm. to stand out when it comes to wedding photography. Yeah. So I actually, it's kind of my niche where I actually interview the couple mm. or the family that I'm taking the photo shoot for. And yeah. then I put, lay out together a whole booklet for them that looks like a magazine. Wow. Actually, yeah. I have a, do I have a, oh, I have it. Just to give you an example like this. And oh, then I so actually lay so it out for them. You're going to have to, we're going to have to describe it for people listening, but it looks like a pretty good, it's it, like it a legitimately magazine. looks like a magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then I customize it to the family or to the couple and it's all different. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I showed you, that you have this is a wedding right couple. Here. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, so it's all different, and that was my niche, and I never wow. advertised my services because yeah. it's all word of mouth. Like wow. you know, it's just an extra perk for everybody, and it's Wait, fun. So, it's like a tabletop so uh, word magazine. word of mouth. So, like, how mm -hmm. many of these did you produce? So, I was doing wedding photography on the side gig for about three years, and I got booked like a wedding almost every month. Wow. Yeah. And it was, you know, I could have done it full time, but I think I got burnt out. <laughs> a lot of, it's a lot of work. It lot is of a work. lot of work and yeah. I love my clients. I think that was the best part of wedding photography, building yeah. the relationships. And even to today, some of my clients are still my friends and wow. yeah, it's just wonderful, but it's just so much work for me. And sure. I think I did not know at that time, I was young, I didn't know at that time how to allocate work out to mm -hmm. freelancers, things like that. And yeah. I mean, even today, if I wanted to, I could just quit my job and do wedding photography full time. Wow. If I wanted to, because now with my knowledge, I know how to make Delegate. the process better. Yeah. Right? But it is a lot of work. I mean, yeah. my camera lens alone, I'm sure you understand it. It's like, yeah. How like, you know, yeah. so heavy and right. I'm a petite, tiny woman yeah. and not very uh, strong. So it's really tough when it comes to. Yeah. Physically. The yeah. Physical, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you never told me your favorite song. All that's great. Oh, well, what's oh like, my favorite song? song? Oh my gosh. I have so many. Oh my yeah. gosh. That's a really great. Top three. Question. Top three. Top three favorite songs. Oh, geez. To sing in karaoke. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it would be You Were Meant For Me, Jules. Okay. This very old song that I forgot, it's like an 80s or early 70s song that I really love to sing. I forgot what it's called. Let's skip that one. Um, <laughs> let me go to another one. Uh, I just have so many. Yeah. I have some favorite like Chinese go to songs that I, I sure. sing. And there's this lady, the singer, she passed away already, but her name is Teresa Tang. Okay. And she's just she one of the most beautiful voices. And I love to sing any of her songs. That's my yeah. go-to song when I go to karaoke. And yeah, and also Coco Lee. I'm not sure okay. if you heard of her, um, but she tried, I think she did try to come into the American music scene and she did yeah. a couple of songs, but I don't know. I don't think anything happened. What kind of, what kind of genre? Is Coco Lee. Yeah. She sings more like pop songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I like her older songs when she started out and she got really popular. She's still really popular now, but I think she's more on, you know, the veteran side yeah. of things. But yeah, so so those are the three. Wow. Jewel, for sure. Yeah. Um, I love Adele too, but 
Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. I, I just can't. And it, all, it all depends on the crowd, right? I, I mean, I, I would, I mean, I had, this is like pre-pandemic, right? Like uh -huh. I had a slight obsession with karaoke. So there was a place down the street from me when I lived in San Jose that I would frequent quite a bit. Uh-huh. Not just on the weekends, right? Uh -huh. And then even like, I used to go to Poland quite a bit because the development team for a previous company I worked at was there. Oh. And so everyone would look forward to going to karaoke. Ruth? Yeah. There's some funny what's stories. Your song? What's your, oh, what's your, so, okay. It's really funny because I've definitely sung at a friend's wedding before and I like this song. So there's a song called Save Room by John Legend. So I'll sing oh, that song. I can imagine you singing that, your voice. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And then I actually really like, like, I'll do some R&B stuff. So like, I'll do some old Usher. So I'll do like, you know, you don't have to call. It's like one of my favorite, was one of my favorite songs growing up. So I'll uh -huh. sing that every once in a while. And then they'll be really random, but I have like, I love like random, like pop rock songs that people know. So like Three Doors Down, Kryptonite mm -hmm. is a song yeah, that yeah, I yeah. love. And everyone gets into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. everyone get into it. It's a good time. Right. right, 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 right. And then, yeah, the bonus song is going to probably be a Make a Man Out of You from Mulan uh, because oh, I oh. love, like, all the voices. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And everyone gets into karaoke. I would love to do karaoke uh, with you. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. Yeah. And the one yeah. thing that I can't, I haven't learned is R&B singing. Mm. Uh, take so yeah. I'm more of like the 80s Madonna yeah, <laughs> yeah. type of singing, but I totally know what you mean. Like picking the right song for the right crowd. That's, oh, that's yeah. what happens when I sing for weddings. You look yeah. at the crowd and you go, hmm. Yeah. When the murmur song? gets louder, that's not good. Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. But you got to go on like the Tuesday and Wednesday nights where people just love to sing and they'll be like, yeah. oh. All the slow yeah. songs will be like amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're oh yeah, I know. There's so many great singers out there. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, you know the talent out there is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to sing just because I like to sing, not because I don't think I'm the best singer in the world right. or anything like that. I just love to sing, and that's the yeah. reason why I yeah. did what I did. Yeah, and plus we get paid for it. Oh, why not? That's, that's, that's next level. All right. right, right. Next, mm -hmm. next icebreaker. Sure. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? What's the best piece of advice that I've ever been given? You know what? So I started a podcast for East West Bank mm. and we were so lucky. We, the first person that we booked is this amazing female leader. Her name is Maytel Shaneberg. And on that episode, you know, we were chatting and everything. And she, we asked the same question, actually. Mm. Like, what would you tell your younger self if you can go back yeah. 30 years or 20 years, you know? And she said that one thing that I will never forget, and it actually encouraged me to do something really brave too. But she said that you need to have the courage to stand up for yourself. Mm. And I think for a long time, I feel like I lost that courage, mm. uh, maybe because I was just so complacent in where I was in my life that I wasn't being that go-getter that I used to be. And that was a really great reminder from her that you, you need to have the confidence to do what you need to do. And that really stuck to me. So that would be my advice to anybody else that's listening. Hmm. Maybe at this point in your life that you might not feel as confident, but have the confidence to do it. 
Yeah. Because you will never know if you don't. Like, for instance, if you want a raise, if you want a promotion, have the confidence to ask. And of course, you know, bring on the table the list of reasons why you should be getting promoted, why you should have a raise, things like that. But actually have that confidence to do that because if you don't open your mouth, Nothing's yep. going to happen. And what's right. the worst that can happen? They'll just say no. But right. at least you know, right? Right. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Yeah. Taking right. from her. <laughs> Sorry, Maytel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing your quote. <laughs> All right. Last icebreaker. What's something that you're currently obsessed with? What am I obsessed with right now? Oh, I'm so obsessed with so many things. But currently, pop culture wise, yeah. I just finished binge watching Stranger Things. Oh. But... I'm not sure you're familiar with that show, but I love it. (laughs) And I was obsessed with it. So I binge watched it. I think it took me three days (laughs) or two days or something like that. And they have the last two episodes that's not out yet. So I'm kind of like cringing, like, I want to know. And so I'm waiting for that. So that's one thing I'm obsessed with. The other thing I'm obsessed with is, so I'm working on this project for the metaverse and creating a space for the metaverse. And I'm Mm. really obsessed with learning about 3D modeling now, which I've never, ever done before. And so I'm really into it. Right now I'm trying to research all over the place and I'm trying to build things and learn about, you know, all the things that go into 3D modeling. Yeah. which is so fascinating to me. And huh. so that's the other thing I'm obsessed with. Yeah. Are you like big in the sci-fi, like horror? Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Very. I'm I'm a sci-fi geek. So yeah. like, for instance, like movies, I, I just watch the Fantastic Beasts. I mean, you know, Morbius and yeah. all those Marvel movies, yeah. all those things. Star Wars. I'm just, I'm like all about there's a There's a lot. There's a lot out right now. There's Actually, now that so you name it, I'm like, there's a lot of that. There's out right a now. lot. Yeah. But I wow. am a movie and television geek. Yeah. So I watch a lot of TV shows and yeah. watch a lot of movies yeah. because and mostly they're sci-fi. Sure. Because that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. On the metaverse stuff, yeah, I yeah. I tried out the Oculus Quest and was in like oh the Horizon. Is it Horizon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, yeah. It's it's oh. insane. Like you know, you create your avatar and you look down and your arms are like totally different. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 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 a lot. Like yeah, even like clearly, I mean, this probably won't age well, right? But. <laughs> It's like, even like the, I don't know if you've done like the space station thing, like where you're, you do a spacewalk and whatnot. And uh-huh. yeah, even that, like it was weird. Like I felt the motion, even though I was standing in the same place. And I actually got like, kind of like queasy from it. Queasy, right, right. But mm-hmm. it, it is very fascinating. And I don't know, like, and you, you, you probably have the same perspective, right? Like VR has kind of been a thing that they've been trying to do for like 20 something years. Right, right. Uh-huh. But I think like having that perspective makes you sort of appreciate how far it's gone because uh-huh. it's actually pretty applicable. Like if you can think about like, you know, having networking events or even working. Oh, yeah. Meetings. Uh-huh. It, it's it's yeah. really fascinating because I was like, even like when you type in stuff, you're like, this is actually pretty intuitive. It is. So, it is. But it's still in its infancy stage, I yeah, feel. Yeah. It's very 2D. 
still. Yeah. And, you know, we still have like lagging issues with connections and yeah. loading, things like that. So it's still, I feel like it's still in its early stages, but I think it's the best yeah. time for companies to try it out, you know, yeah. get get in on it when it's still fresh and grow yeah. with the universe, right? Yeah. With the metaverse, I should say the universe, yeah. with the metaverse and grow with the metaverse. And yeah. I actually knew nothing about the metaverse prior to working yeah. on this project. And now I'm learning so much about crypto. I'm learning so much about NFTs. And yeah. But I'm mostly, mostly concentrated on 3D modeling because I'm yeah. trying to build this architecture space. Yeah. And the other reason why I love it so much and I'm so obsessed with trying to learn it is because I actually want wanted to be an architect. Yeah. Like after high school, I wanted to go to an architecture school and become an architect. And that mild, tiny dream kind of went away because sure. I got into the UCSD architecture school, but then the time, and I visited the school and everything. And then when, for some reason, the school got canceled and they Whoa. changed the school into a different direction. So okay. that program was no longer there. So I ended up at UC Riverside. <laughs> And, and had I gone there, I probably would have been an architect by yeah. now. And so that side of my brain was lost for many, many years until mm. I started working on this project. I'm technically an architect yeah. designing a building. Right. And it's just so much fun. And it brought me so, back so much memories of AutoCAD and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, and so that's why I think that's why I, I, I'm just so excited working on the project. And I just, I'm just obsessed with the metaverse right now. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I'm I'm picking up in all of this, like you are you're a creative person at heart. Mm -hmm. And it it goes yeah. to show that creativity can be applied in, in many different ways, right? Like I mean, we're talking we've been talking about podcasts, we've been talking mm -hmm. about weddings. Um, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about obviously like the the metaverse and mm -hmm. you can maybe even kind of say some of that's involved in some of the nonprofit work. Like where 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 would you say that? came from like do you think this is something you just at birth that was just a part of you or like was there a moment what was a moment that things really kind of clicked for you in terms of my creativity side yeah yeah so i my mom told me this story who knows if it's true <laughs> but when i was three years old around there i had already started sketching and drawing mm. and one day my grandfather was sitting there drinking his cup of coffee or something and i just sketched him at mm. three years old yeah and my grandfather was like so amazed with my talent like he like took this picture around the whole town saying oh. look at my granddaughter well she drew me blah, blah, blah. anyway and i think that's where my artistic side mm -hmm. started my artistic side my drawing my traditional drawing side and mm -hmm. painting and all those things has led me to doing a lot of things in my life sure so like for example I got into gate school in second grade and it, I don't think it was because I was the smartest student in the class. It was because I was doing all these paintings and my teacher looked at me and was like, oh, you're very creative. Let me send you to gate class or something like that. So what that's it, how what I is, got what is What is a gate class? Oh, oh, okay. I'm glad you asked. But <laughs> I think it's actually still around. Okay. It's for, I don't remember the actual acronym word, okay. but it's for gifted. Oh, gifted children. and talented. 
right. gifted and talented students education yeah. program. Okay. Yeah. So they accelerate you sure. to going to classes that are beyond your grade yeah. and things like that. So yeah. So that's how I got into that. And then another thing was my first job ever I got was at City Search Ticketmaster. And it was for a junior UI designer position. And at that time, I just got out of college. I knew very little of computer, let alone web design. But when I interviewed, I showed them or the hiring manager my traditional paintings and sketches and things like that. And that was how I got the job. And that was how my career started, actually, in the web world. So it all has to do, I think, with the whole traditional art and sketching and everything. Which is why I really want to tell all the younger generation out there, the girls out there, that they think tech is all about coding and, you know, not fun things, not beautiful things, I I should say. And it's not, you know, there's so many avenues that you can go to when it comes to tech. Right. My whole journey really touches every point when yeah. it comes to the web. But if I had to pinpoint the strong suits of my career, it would definitely be more in the design element yeah. of the web world. Yeah. So it's really important for you to have that traditional artistic background if you want to dive into you know, user interfaces and yeah. things like that. Cause it will really help you in, in the long right. run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, like, you know, I think even kind of just looking at some of the things that you've been involved with and in even in your current role, like you think mm-hmm. about, like you think about brand and brand, there are so many different elements tied to it that right. creativity is at the center of it. Right. Because right. it is about sort of expressing things. Right. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's, that leads people to the actual product. So it's mm-hmm. understanding how all these things really kind of come together, which is really what I appreciate and, and really glad that you're able to kind of be able to walk us through because oh. it is sort of, it's a collection of all those experiences and, and, and nuances that really come yeah. and, and make that those types of things possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if I could tell my younger self, like now knowing where I am at right now, if I could go back to my younger self when I was in college, I was undeclared. I had no idea Mm. what I wanted to do with my life. But if I could go back and tell my younger self, I would say, you need to take classes about business. Yeah. You need to take classes in technology. Like, yeah, especially to myself, had I known I'd be where I am today, I would have told myself to take classes in terms of business and also take engineering classes, computer science classes, because at that time when I was in college, I was actually afraid of those type of classes Mm. because to me, I'm a creative person and I'm like, it's so boring. Yeah. (laughs) But now, you know, where I'm at today, I am really advocating for learning how to combine technology and business because that's the key right now. Right, right. Had I, you know, had that all that education yeah. on my background, it would have helped a lot. <laughs> would it would it have would it have been like more business oriented classes then? Like correct. Yeah. Right. Business yeah. management. You know, maybe marketing. Yeah. Oh, there's just so many things that I would tell myself. Yeah. My younger self, what classes to take. Yeah. But that, that, with that 
mindset coming yeah. into the workforce, oh my gosh, you'll be golden because you're yeah. you'll be able to strategically combine your the, mm. the two worlds yeah. in a way that other people don't necessarily are able to comprehend. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I love that. Right, I always I always want to ask like. What were what were some of like the biggest challenges kind of breaking in? I mean, you're you're in a leadership role. And I think a lot of folks, at least a lot of folks for me, they'll be like, tell me your story. Like, like, what were the biggest challenges? Because I think sometimes I think people might say, look, you've been in this role for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. There's no way we have anything in common. Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes it actually becomes repetitive. Some of the roadblocks that we run into. So were there was there anything right. in particular that that you saw that really stood out? Well, you know, I would tell everybody else, and I think everybody else who's working in a, in the corporate world, depending on which company too, but I can only speak for my company and, yeah. you know, having conversations with other people in their companies, their struggles, I noticed that we do have very similar roadblocks. And really it's, I think it's communication, internal mm. communication. I think that's yeah. the biggest roadblock because without the proper internal communication, you're losing a lot of input, feedback, and projects can even come to a halt because mm. some of, you know, some C-suite person up there did not know that you were going to do A, B, and C. Right. And then when they finally found out, they're like, no, stop. And then, yeah. you know, so it, I think the biggest roadblock is having that person or that team really mm. understand internal communications and really putting it out there early on in the project and saying, yeah. you know, these are the project owners, let's say, these are mm. the executives that have a, a stake in the projects. And so you list out all the stakeholders and you make sure you have t the right communication, internal communication for mm. that project, for the different type of stakeholders. And yeah. I think most projects don't do that in the beginning. Right. I think right. they just skip that all together. And then you come into, that's when you come into all these roadblocks in the right. future. I mean, right. there's definitely other roadblocks too, but I personally think if you can figure that out and everybody's on board with the same, you know, understanding of that communication, that internal communication, that the whole project will go a lot smoother Yeah, in the long run. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So I want to switch gears. Sure. To advancing women in, in technology. I know that's yes. something that you're very passionate about. Yes. And just kind of give folks an idea of, of what it is. And you're obviously on the board. So would love to hear yes. more about your role and, and particularly why this organization means a lot to you. Yes, absolutely. I am the director of marketing on the board for this nonprofit. And it's called Advancing Women in Technology or AWT for short. And it's just so amazing, this, this group of women and men in the team. They do this every year annually. We give out scholarships to deserving or, you know, young women who's trying to get into technology or any type of STEM. Hmm. And I think this year we gave out about 20,000 wow. in scholarships, but it has a lot to do with our partnerships with other companies and their generous donations. So it's such near and dear to my heart. And, and it's the same for all the board members too. That's why they've been doing it for so long. 
I just yeah. jumped on board this year. Okay. And my whole goal is rebranding the whole AWT look and feel and the whole brand for the company yeah. um, because that was lacking. And sure. I want that's why I wanted to make a marketing strategy for them so that we can push out the word farther than where we have right now. Yeah. And get more sponsorship, get more donations, things like that, so that we can give back to the community. And a hundred percent of all your all the donations and sponsorships go back out mm. to, you know, deserving young women who want to get into STEM. Yeah. So I think it's such a great, great cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned earlier, you know, in the show was kind of like that one woman in the room syndrome. Mm-hmm. Maybe kind of tell us what that is like. And I, I obviously I know that can be a little triggering, but just how much of that really kind of played into this? Oh my gosh, a lot of that. You hit it on the ball. I, you know, I've been in this field for so long mm-hmm. and things have gotten better. I think yeah. I, I've seen that, you know, comparing to 10 years ago where I would go into a meeting, I'm the only woman in maybe a stand up meeting for a project, a technical project. And it's gotten better, but it's still, I don't feel like it's, there yet. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I don't think it's there yet is because of the education factor. It's because yeah. of having role models to spread the word to the mm. younger generation. And that's why I love this platform. I love this com- this nonprofit is because that's exactly what we're doing. We're putting together mentorship programs. We're putting together internship programs and connecting role models with, you know, someone who's really interested in the field so they can connect and the the role models can help the mentees in their career. And that's why it's so important for us to educate and the younger generation of how it is in our field. And on the board, it's actually, we're all different fields. We're in different companies. Someone's from Facebook, someone's from Amazon. Someone's yeah. a product ma- manager. I'm in UX. You know, it's all different yeah. facets and different industries. So I think it's just so lovely to have everybody together working for a common cause. And when you're talking about the one woman in the room syndrome, when I went to the first board meeting for this nonprofit and it was just all women. Well, we had one man, but all women. And it just yeah. felt so nice. Yeah. It felt so, so nice. Because even as recently as I say three years ago or something, I went and I spoke in front of a coding class, an engineering class. And I was so excited because like, come on, you know, I was crossing my fingers to have at least half of the room are female. Yeah. And the other half are male. But when I got there, there were literally like out of 30 students or 40 students, like three females. Wow. And I was so sad. So that's why for my experience, I don't feel it's gotten better, Mm. definitely. But I don't feel that it's there yet. Yeah. And I really think it has to do with the younger generation not knowing what to expect or not knowing what they can do with a technical career. And that's where the education comes from. Right. Yeah. That's why I'm more than happy to to talk to any class that bring me there so that I can hopefully inspire more people to get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so how can people like donate or or get involved is in, in, in terms of just like the benefit? Is it only California? Is it nationwide? Like 
Like, yes, what is, no, what is this organization is only California okay. based. So if you wanted to apply for a scholarship or a mentorship, things like that, you have to be within sure. California. Yeah. And you definitely just go to our website at awtca.org or you can just hit me up in on LinkedIn if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to share awesome. information. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, yeah. well, Mindy, I wish we could would st- could stay on a little bit longer. This was a great wow. conversation. <laughs> Um, we have yeah, to do how, karaoke. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to do karaoke. One for sure, for sure. Like, <laughs> I, I don't say I want to do like a big meetup of all the guests at some point. Um, that would be so fun. Oh my gosh! It's it's always like this thing. Like after, I was like, yeah, when are we gonna meet up? And then I would love that. Yeah. You know, um, with this whole epidemic and everything, like, I, and I started working remotely two years ago or a year ago. And then last year, I went to speak at a conference in person. Oh, wow. And it was in uh, Austin, Texas. And it felt so wonderful to be able to connect one-on-one with an actual human being. I know. I know. It was just so nice. So, yeah, I would would love to join you and the rest of the gang one-on-one. Yeah. In person. We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it. Again, thank you so much. And how can people connect with you? I know you mentioned LinkedIn. Are there any other? You can also go on to my website, my portfolio website. It's min-d.com. You can reach me there. All my contact is there. So yeah, there too. So yeah. And I just want to say thank you so much, Harrison. Yeah. This was so much fun. I yeah. I love this. Uh-huh. And you awesome. I love your podcast. Thank so you. So oh. congratulations to you on your all your successes. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I mean mm-hmm. you're you're becoming a podcast pro as well. So slowly. I'm not as good. I'm not where you're at yet. Well, that concludes the show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge way to show your support, and it really helps us reach more people and grow our following. By the way, we release a new episode every two weeks, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube at Technically Speaking HW. Again, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. This has been a production of Technically Speaking Media.